maybe I'm crazy, but I should drink wine and do the podcast. I think that'd be a good idea. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not. Welcome to the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast. I'm Joy Taylor. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Will Blackman, NFL vet and wine sommelier. Uh, well, he's in this process of becoming a full sommelier, but he is way into wine, has an awesome wine uh, subscription company and loves talking about the NFL and is a good hang. So he is joining us today. So we'll get into all of the big off-season NFL stories with him. We have the whole gang here, T, Donnie, and Heller. So we'll talk about uh, LaMelo, LaMelo Ball, um, and his amazing rookie season, J.J. Watts, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, a lot of stuff going on uh, during the NFL offseason right now, and uh, our thoughts on all of that, as well as the Golden Globes. And uh, Harry and Megan talk to Oprah, which I cannot wait for. Um, so great show lined up for you today, but let's start with Will Blackman. Very excited to have my friend Will Blackman on the podcast again. We've had you on before. Um, so in person. Yeah, well, you know, it's different times. We're in new times now. Um, you spend a lot of time on Zoom. Uh, as as do all of us. You probably spend more than most of us, though, because you have a very exciting business called the Wine MVP, and you're wearing that hat now. Obviously, an NFL vet, yes, but sir. a very uh, yeah. I mean, so I I have some Wine MVP merch. I have a, a you definitely support it. I will say that you wholeheartedly support it in the beginning. Appreciate that. Oh, oh, okay. So, okay. Like, so I'm, I'm still supportive. Um, yeah, I actually, I got a, I ordered one of your subscription boxes and it was Dwayne Wade's wine. And I love the rosé. It's very good, which is not surprising because Will is excellent with wine because it's his passion. So he's not going to send some trash in the well, subscription listen, box. Also, but also if, if D Wade asked to partner up, I'm not going to turn that down too, but no, in all fairness, I'm like, okay, your wine better not be weak either. Which I knew it wasn't. Cause he, he has Jason Palmer, who's a legendary winemaker in Napa. So he's good. Okay. Uh, so unless, <laughs> unless it's someone super important, you're going to make sure that it's good. Listen, we, we, can, we can work it. I'm like, ah, the wine is, it's all right. You know, but you know, but it's, Listen, I'm not knocking the uh, the hustle. I enjoyed it. I thought they were both great. It was a cab and uh, rosé. I I enjoyed the rosé more, um, and I recommend it. And you sent a nice um, wine opener, which not all wine openers are really good. That was that. Uh, it's, it's, it's more like a weapon. I think it's pretty heavy. I'm not gonna lie. It is. No, it's a, it's a really nice one, and I needed one because I ruined my other one because I drink a lot of wine. Um, but so you can check out thewinemvp.com and the Wine MVP podcast and follow Will on social media at Will Blackman. I dropped on the, uh, onto the, on, well, I guess it wasn't a podcast. It was the uh, Instagram live with you and T.O. And um, T.O. has some wine as well. It's, it's kind of funny, actually. You should check it out because uh, Will is always drinking wine on it. And <laughs> it was supposed to be 30 minutes and then T.O. started drinking. And also I love T.O. because he definitely gets, he gets sensitive with a lot of stuff. And so we just kept going. I think we went for a whole hour. Yeah, he's got opinions. You know, we all do opinions. Um, That's your sweatshirt opinion. Look at you. Yeah, this is actually my friend's uh, company from Pittsburgh. So, you know, I'm a supportive person. I like to support my peoples. So, 
big news. Uh, this has been a really active NFL offseason. Last year was too, and I like this. I've been what though? There hasn't been much movement. But it's just speculation. Speculation well, big, is no, fine. No, big move. No, I take that back. There hasn't been a lot of movements, but there have been some like massive movements, like with Wentz and Watt already. So, Wentz and Watt. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And then there's conversations about uh, lots of other guys. Um, but let's start with JJ Watt. So I thought for sure that he was going to one of the. Don't say Pittsburgh. No, I actually didn't think he was going to go to Pittsburgh. Um, I thought for sure he was going to Buffalo or Green Bay because. I thought he wanted to go, um, or it felt like he wanted to go, or maybe we just all just wanted him to go to a contender where he would be, you know, kind of the piece. Right. You think at this point, right? You think at this point, from how I see it, once a guy has achieved everything on a personal level, it's like, okay, I want to get a ring now. And right, we thought he would go to somebody who was closer than Arizona, but maybe, I don't know. Well, you, look, Arizona's a great place to live, great. especially right now. Affordable place to live. Affordable place to live. Uh, JJ Watt is not a single man. He has a wife, and her input is, I'm, I'm sure, valued in this move as well. And I'm sure he talked to DeAndre Hopkins and other guys on the team. And, you know, he came from a very toxic situation, and Arizona is not a toxic situation. Now, they're not contenders, but sometimes, you know, just quality of life is worth something too. He said reportedly his list of desirables was a quarterback, personnel, and the money. And look, he got paid. Um, and which, like, who, what do I care? I'm not paying JJ Watt. Right. Make whatever you want to make. Uh, and I have no problem with people making as much as they can make because this is your business. This is what you do for a living. So, you know, you know and you don't make do as much as you want. Long, you don't do it for a very long time. So no, so make what you want. But... <laughs> But I would have liked to see him go somewhere where he could possibly make money and be a contributing factor to them being a contender. Right. I don't think that Arizona is there yet, but what, what did you think? Yeah, I don't think they're there yet either. It's, it's still a wide open division. I think that's where it's hopeful that it's still a wide open uh, division, but I don't know if they are the leaders to come out of the conference. That's the tough part about it. You know, I, I feel like the same, the same teams might be back at it now. If anybody who has you know, put themselves in better position. It, it probably is LA, you know, I, I love the Stafford move there. And then no one knows what's going to happen in uh, San Fran because their, their window is near near closing. And then Seattle is, is so confused right now. So it's just, it's such a weird situation, but I don't think just JJ going there alone is like going to just boost them ahead. So the contract we've been talking about, this is the contract that will never end is Dak Prescott. And you know, again, it's, I don't like talking about people's money because I want Dak to make as much money as he can. And again, I'm not paying Dak Prescott. So what difference does it make to me? That. Why? Because everyone's in everyone's pockets. Why do I care what Dak Prescott makes? Or anyone, you know, right. just, just to go off track, like there was a conversation on, you know, the, the other network about, you know, Tom Brady keeps taking less because his, because of what his wife makes. I'm like, that, sh- that should be beside the point. I hate when people bring up Giselle because she makes more or whatever it is that that's why Tom keeps taking less. Tom maybe just wants to win, dude. <laughs> like that's, that's just, yeah, that's I mean, prerogative. It, I it's hate easier. That. It's easier to, to take that, take less when you, you know, have that kind of money, but Tom's made a lot of money as well. And his- I'm still making seven figures. It's not like, he's like, Oh, you can pay me 600 grand. He's still making seven. <laughs> 
Eight, he's still making eight figures excuse me eight figures like yeah i don't know anyhow no i mean it doesn't it, it plays a factor but i don't care what anyone's making like and i don't like the idea that where the tom thing gets testy for me is like just because tom is taking less money doesn't mean that other people should be encouraged to take less money in order to win not those kind of pay cuts you know you can be reasonable and do a team-friendly deal where we're talking about the difference between right. like five and seven million when you're already making 30 or 40 million like you know, what, is that going to factor in or not? Right. But again, like I'm with you, I don't like talking people's money, but we're in a sal it's a salary cap league. So there, you do have to consider that. Yeah, you can't find everyone's contract online. So you might as well talk about it. <laughs> right. But you know, that's, it's, it's complicated. So right. Dak is saying now he wants to be paid like, and respected. And he's, he's like in the Mahomes range. Um, I don't, you know, my thing about it is when he gets to that number, and again, I don't care what Dak Prescott makes. I think it's great if they pay him what Patrick Mahomes makes. The difference it makes to me. But like the top paid quarterbacks in the league have all at least won a Super Bowl or are Jared Goff gone to a Super Bowl? Right. So does that mean anything to you? That is a huge deal because you look at it like, hey, are we going to invest in this guy, you know, because he's, he's going to do that for our franchise? And in case when you say Mahomes money is like, listen, he's going to be there. And yes, they have great players, but I feel like even with a new wave of certain players, like he gives them a chance. And that was the one thing about, you know, playing 12 years. It's like, I've been in situations where I had Favre and it was, it was different. Like, okay, on defense, you know, you just need to hold this team to like 21 points because he can put 30. I play with Aaron Rodgers, same thing. Like, okay, we got a guy over there. We're not even looking at it. Yes, he had great receivers and other players, but we know we got 12. You know, I was in Seattle briefly for training camp, but same thing, Russell. And then I was in New York with playoff Eli, who we know we had. I'm going to say playoff Eli because we had Eli. And so it was, it's different, man. When, when you have a guy just as a whole organization, you're like, okay, we know when all else fails, like this guy can like help us. Right. And I don't know if that's the case for that. Yes, he will put up amazing numbers. And I played in Washington when Kirk put up amazing numbers. And Kirk, you know, he also encouraged Dak to keep playing that tag game. You're gonna, you're gonna get guaranteed money regardless, and it's gonna go way up even uh, the year after this. But um, like, is from an organization, is this the guy? Is this a great investment? I just got off a call before talking to you right now. The guy's looking at my business. Okay, is this worth the investment? Am I gonna get the return? You know, uh, uh, dealing with you so. I think it's tough. I, I would probably, I don't know. I can't say I would go to Kirk Cousins route, you know, but it's, I understand uh, why. Uh, well, Kirk is, Kirk is the standard for getting that money. I I'm respect him. You, look, he said, tag me all day. I'm it. <laughs> I will take uh, 35 million guaranteed. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. Uh, and I'm gonna go get this other long-term deal afterwards anyway. And Washington's been struggling at the quarterback position He's ever since. Up again. Yep. So Russell Wilson's unhappy in Seattle. Is that a fact? It seems that way. There's a, <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of chatter. I haven't Since heard him say, I am upset. That's the thing. I mean, come on, Will. We know he, he's unhappy. Like, all these stories aren't out here. Stories get out when, they, when someone wants them out. Because does, so other people are saying it for him. Because here's the thing. I, so, in fairness, I have not seen – last time I've seen or got to hang out with Russell is when he, when he first met Sierra. Okay. This was, okay. was Russell. He first met her, and I remember we were flying to 
he flew the team to Hawaii for like the off season training. And that's like, he was, I remember he was like FaceTime her and he was like so excited because like he liked her a lot, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, and Russell was different then. So I don't know how he is now. Obviously we see all his like social media stuff and his commercials and him getting all swag and it's, it's super funny, but uh, it'd be, it's interesting to, I, I just could not see him like really pushing back on Pete and John Snyder. Like, Hey, you know, I want to be involved in this. I want to start doing this, like demanding stuff. Like, I don't see that because he, he is so pro Seahawk and just. No, he's been great. He's been great with that, but there, there's enough stories out there that he wants to be involved. He wants a better offensive line, which is just fair. He's being, he's on pace to be sacked more than any. The stories fly all over the place. You know that. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming then that he wants some more input. He He misses Max Unger. That's what he misses. I think Max used to give him a lot of the answers when he was at center. Like, Hey, this guy's coming. Okay. So make sure you go that way. Hey, this guy's coming. Make sure you go this way. And then also too, like everyone is, is looking at like, gosh, you know, the line's been struggling this and that. Well, it's tough. It's tough to replace again, the Legion of boom. And then you have Marshall, like th- those played a huge factor. And yeah, you but at? he's, he's said like, he doesn't, he's not requesting a trade, but if he, but he's open to the 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 Bears, the Saints, the Falcons, and the Cowboys. <laughs> That's so funny to me. I, don't I mean, that happened. Like, I think I it's. Going, I don't want to go anywhere, but you know, I don't mind these guys. No, as I'm saying, like, so he obviously is unhappy with some factor of what's going on in Seattle. I don't see him not actually being there anymore. But he's like, anywhere. He's not going anywhere. No. And if he does, I've said I I would not be surprised if he was in Miami. But he's, that wasn't on his list. It doesn't have to be. You don't. You don't get to go where you want to be traded. He has a no trade clause. <laughs> There's no trade clause. Okay, so then Deshaun. Do you think that Deshaun ends up? Because because Houston's saying they're not trading him. Houston's a shit show, and pretty much everyone is on Deshaun's side oh, in this situation. Square in the joy pod. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna bleep it, but yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't do a whole podcast and not curse. Uh, I have like a, I have a curse an hour per day. Clearly, Deshaun's clearly upset. It's crazy to think that Deshaun, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Deshaun wants to end J.J. Walker, potentially all be gone from Houston. Like, my gosh, they're, they're really trying to like start. They might as well change the team name and move locations too. My do God. you think that they actually trade him? I mean, if they get what they want. I think that they have to at this point. You have to, yeah. It makes no sense in having an expensive, disgruntled quarterback there. You know, I think just by nature, say he did stay there. I mean, I would actually, I wouldn't even show up if I was him. Well, have you ever been in a situation? And I know the quarterback like position is obviously very different, and we we treat it differently. But have you been in a situation where it's just been so unbearably toxic that you're like, just get me? the f- out of here like i'm not gonna be able no, to function no, i i was unfortunately in washington when all that stuff was going down with with the gm and the owner and you know and bruce allen and all that stuff it was it got to the point where it literally i told my wife my wife shauna i was like who says hi by the way hi um, shauna <laughs> she um i was like dude honestly like i never want to get cut but if i just if they did I'd be so relieved to go home. This is my last year because it, it was so much bullshit going on. 
Like it, it wasn't even about football anymore. It was just about the organization. Like there was so many toxic things going on in there where it's like for me to not want to play right now is crazy because playing in the NFL is the only thing I wanted to do. That was my dream job. It's all I wanted to do. And when it got to the point where it was like, gosh, I just, I just had a, you know, a, a pretty good season last year. And then they bring in, I mean, they brought in like David Bruton, they brought in DJ Swearinger, you know, we got Sewer and they're trying to bring all these guys in and they're trying to fix all this stuff. And then Jay Gruden and Bruce Allen and Scott McLuhan are on the same page. We got this going on with Kirk. We got all kinds of things like nothing made sense. And I was like, dude, like, I don't even think I want to play football, not just here, but anymore. Why do you think that happens? Because to me, whenever organizations or companies start to get dysfunctional, people always look at the easy targets, like the players and coaches. But to me, like with anything in life, it starts at the top. Everyone always looks at the bottom or like the easy people to pick off and move. But like in order to have a dysfunction, it's it's like a family, like if if the family is dysfunctional. If the parents aren't getting along, it's going to affect the kids. Right. Like, and not that that's like, I'm not calling the athletes children. I'm just saying owners set the tone and the decision makers set the tone and there's a hierarchy and they create the environment and what's tolerated and what's not tolerated. So when you have a habitually dysfunctional situation, not a moment, not an instance, but a habitually dysfunctional situation, I look at the top. I look at the ownership. I look at the GM and then go down from there because they're the ones that are making the decision for what's tolerated. Is that, is that the wrong way to look at it? No, that's, that's 100% accurate because right. When you build a house, the foundation at the bottom, but when you are building a a sports team or franchise, the foundation is is at the top and the places where I have had a lot of fun and we were well ran like green Bay is always, you know, doing very well. I was in New York, which was doing very well. I was in Seattle for a little bit. And, you know, they, they were trying some things in Jacksonville, but everything starts from the top. I remember I had a really cool conversation with Chris Ballard, the GM of the Colts. And he was like, look, he goes, it's, it starts with me, man. He goes, I need to set the tone for everyone. I need to set it for the, if you're cutting the grass, if you're taping ankles, whoever you are in this building, I need to set the tone overall so people know what we really mean for this. And so when I saw that, I was like, this dude gets it. Cause it's about, it's about the team. It's about football. It's not about like how we look to the media, how we look according to politics. It's, that's not the case at all. And again, I mentioned that's how Washington was. It was not about football. It was, you had dysfunction between the owner and the president and the general manager and the head coach. And we all saw that and felt that. And yes, I'm going to bring back the parent example. Like I, I try to do my best not to argue in front of our kids because they see that like, oh, like what's going on with them? You know, what's going on with that? Or I've seen arguments like, okay, what's going on? And we got to see all that stuff as players. Now I'm saying like just arguments. We knew, we knew something wasn't right. And when that's the case, it shows up on the field. That's why I don't know how in the hell 2015 we won the division. Uh, <laughs> it was, I think because we had a bunch of grown men on the team, we're like, oh, okay, we can handle it. It is what it is. But with a younger franchise, you can't have that, you know, and uh, all the, all the teams that are, that's why the same teams are always in it. The same organizations, the same people who can, they're ones that can handle all kinds of issues or drama. You know, it's always going to be green Bay. You're going to get Pittsburgh. You're gonna, you know, it was new England and you know, it's, it's the same people who are always going to be in it. Yeah, you're right. And then you look across all spectrums of sports and companies for that matter, when you have, great leadership then it makes it easier for everyone to do their jobs because like you said like he said 
like Chris said, you set the tone um, and then people follow that and there's an energy. And like, that's what, that's what Tom Brady, I feel like brought to Tampa Bay. It's like they had talent, they had the potential, but you got to have the discipline and it's got to start with the, with your leader. So we see what happens when you do that. He went there. He went there. They were a, they were a pretty good football team. He went there and taught them how to win. And that was the biggest thing, you know. Yeah. Was, it's similar to uh to LeBron James when he left Miami and went back to Cleveland. Taught them how to win. Take the blueprint. I'm glad you didn't push back on that. That was a test. <laughs> I have no I have zero LeBron <laughs> hate. None. I don't have LeBron hate anymore either. I was salty about Cleveland. Anymore. <laughs> But well, no, when he left Cleveland, when he left Cleveland, I don't have it in me to root for a Cleveland team. So uh, plus when, when LeBron came to Miami, Cleveland fans were the they was worst. Yeah. They were the worst. And, I, and I'll, I'm not going to forget that. I don't forget it. LeBron is better than me. He's a better person. I have, yeah, I have nothing. I, I think LeBron is incredible and in what he does. He's the greatest. I, He's I, the greatest superstar we've ever had in the history of sports. Think about it. He, he's been in the limelight since he was 16 years old. His biggest scandal is that he raised a bunch of money for no, I, uh, you know charity and, and like publicly broke up with the city no, of Cleveland. I would say that biggest superstar. Yes. Because on any stage, even since he was 13, you know, on any single stage, he had every reason to crumble. And he not only like lived up to the hype, he surpassed it. And there are so many people who deal with that public pressure, that, and, and he's been the best player at every single level. And he is still the best player at this level. And he's in his what, damn it, 20th year. Um, no, it's, no, I can say, yes, the biggest superstar because right on every single stage, he has lived up to every aspect. I can see that. Yes. Yeah. He's the greatest. And the people that, and the people that don't like him, like a, a Zlatan. 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 Zlatan uh, he, need, he needs to just stick to what he's doing best and, and what he's doing. <laughs> I don't, we don't have enough time to get into that, but <laughs> I then, mean. Then bring me back next month and we can keep going. Yeah, I mean, just what, what the f*** ever, dude. Uh, I don't, I, well, look, I don't really, um, I don't take people seriously. We can do it for, for one minute and then I'll let you go. Cause I know you're super busy building your wine empire. Oh my God. Um, like that, like, like you wasted my time. Well, no, I mean, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. You're a very busy person. I say like, I'm gonna let you go. I know you gotta go build wine. Like, come on now. All right. Like we're homies. I'm trying to be courteous of your time, Will. I understand that, but you don't gotta tell, you gotta tell the public. Like I'm over here. <laughs> I'm giving you the, I'm giving you the dame time. Like Joy, like. <laughs> Going, no, Will is not rushing me. Um, Will is not rushing me. I, uh, I, I don't. I've talked about this a lot in the podcast, um, but I don't take people seriously who talk about athletes and say you should stick to sports or you know you should only focus on your sport or you know don't like you're doing too much if you speak out against you know racism or social because it's social justice. It's hypocritical as soon as they say it. It's fucking moronic, first of all. Well, because you're talking about, you're already talking about a, a subject you're not well-versed in. So well, I, th- yeah, I mean, that's what that's one thing. But like, when, so people say it to me all the time. I go like, stick to sports. Okay, cool. Do I, um, where's my tax exempt? Do I not get to not pay taxes because I work in sports? Because I didn't get that notice. If that's the case, they tell you perhaps sports? all the time. Um, I'll consider, you know, not weighing in on political issues if i am tax exempt for working in sports i still have to pay taxes i still have to follow the laws of this country 
my family still has to do it. Uh, my friends, I, I don't, I, I have to deal with all of the uh, rules and sanctions and laws and whatever is going on with COVID right now, we're, like we're, guidelines. They're affected by government things daily. So it's- Every day. So I'm born and raised here. Even if I wasn't, I, this is where I live. Like I'm allowed to have an opinion about it. A. B, sports only exist in the state that they are today because athletes didn't just stick to sports. Every year, you know, I see people posting, you know, quotes of Muhammad Ali, like it's like cute or something. And he was one of the most controversial and well-known and most impactful human beings, not just an athlete, in the history of planet Earth. So just miss me with all this stick to sports bullshit <laughs> nonsense. It's nonsense. Listen, I don't really speak on it unless I'm well educated and I'm passionate about it. Otherwise, I'm chilling. Yeah, same. I, I, and then educate yourself if you want to talk about no, it, of course. Pretty, but like, feisty. I'm pretty what? You're feisty. You throw the dukes up. You like to throw the dukes up. <laughs> uh, I don't mind. I don't mind fighting now. But but I really um, I think that it's important when you are passionate about something and you believe in it, right? To talk about it. And I think if you don't know something about it, don't talk about it. And I also think that we're in a space and time in, in life now where everybody you're like if you don't agree with someone that you're the enemy. And it's like no, that's not true. We can have conversations and maybe we don't agree at the end of the day, but maybe we have different perspectives. There's certain things we, we have to agree on. Like, you know, racism is wrong. If you're on the other side of that, like, I don't have to tell you. Right. There's, there's no, there's no other way. It is, it's wrong. Right. Well, this was fun. Thank you so much for coming by again. Hopefully next time we're in person and the world is back to normal. Um, make sure you check out the winemvp.com. Will Blackman is the wine MVP. Are, are you a, officially a, a sommelier yet? I have my level one certification through the Court of Masters. I have my level two through the W set, which is called the Wine and Spirit Education Trust. And I literally just took my level three exam last week in Napa. If you saw my Instagram, I was in Napa. Not hanging out. I was taking a hard ass exam. When do you find out if you pass? In like a few months. Oh, dang. It takes that long? Yeah. So let's just put it this way. I'm kind of, I'm kind of, uh, studying again just in case <laughs> oh you don't have confidence oh, i think you passed it that was hard it was hard dude it was hard it was hard well best of luck to you in that um yeah. but and check out the, the wine mvp podcast and follow will on social media at will blackman and uh subscribe to the wine mvp box it's an it's an awesome subscription you're <laughs> 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 you're you're funny dude all right thank you was that the right way to say it? Did I f*** it up? Good. Good. Okay. <laughs> All right. Tell Sean I said hi uh, and stay safe. All righty. All right. Thanks, all. With it. What? With it. We about to turn up in this What up, Heller? Before we get to win it or quit it, we got some some disappointing all-star news. Oh, no. What happened? Uh, Zion's not going to do the dunk contest. I saw our friend Chris Haynes reported that he's not uh, doing it. Chris Haynes that's is like, our friend. That's the permanent decision or not, but that's like, that's a bummer, man. Yeah, It'd be so but cool it's... to see Zion. And, and he's like, he does a lot for us, playing so great. I know, but like, who, like, just come on. We, we need it. We need this. We need this.
I want to see Zion in the dunk contest. Yeah, Ob- Obi Toppin's cool, but I don't know if, it's, if that's going to get us all real excited about something. <laughs> Your face. <laughs> I want to see Zion. <laughs> what am I, I want to see Zion. <laughs> What am I? Uh, what am I winning or quitting today? Okay, quitting. Uh, we'll move from the hardwood to the grass of the football field, uh, where JJ Watt sure played his cards right. Ooh. Ah, you see what I did there? The former Texan sack man successfully slid out of Houston and increased his yearly salary somehow to move to Arizona. It's only a two-year deal, but the Cardinals will, the Cardinals will pair Watt with Chandler Jones for one of the most fearsome fronts in the league. Joy, J.J. Watt, Felice the Cardinals for a paid retirement. Win it or quit it? No, qu- quit it. I I think that J.J. Watt is still one of the best defenders in the league. He put up great numbers. Um, not great, but good numbers. Yeah, and numbers he's still numbers. a contributor. And, and aside from like the leadership value and the brand value and the big play value that he brings... He also is actually a great run defender, which is, you know, boring, but he is like, he is going to contribute tremendously to this Cardinals defense. And I think it's a great signing by them. And it's a great move by him. Obviously you mentioned the money with, there's a lot of it. It just confuses me because maybe we projected this. Sometimes we do this as the media and fans, Mm. we project our desires onto other people. And then when they don't do what we created in our minds as their life plan, we're confused. Kind of like Zion in the, in the dunk contest. Yeah, maybe, (laughs) maybe, but I still feel like that was, that was something that's like, you know, whatever that's a whole other conversation but yeah maybe and also like drew Brees, like drew Brees is out here pushing sleds around uh letting his trainer drop him all the way to the street and and we were like wait a minute i thought drew Brees retired like drew Brees didn't actually retire yet he just gave us those he gave us big retirement vibes (laughs) so (laughs) so i think with jj watt like maybe it's his brands um or the fact that the texans were so dysfunctional and the report was that his you know three things were a quarterback personnel and the money and Arizona does fit all of those at like a B level, except for the <laughs> money. Like yeah. we don't That's know what Kyler Murray is. No, he's fun. He's young and he has great potential, but he's not arrived yet. It's like, he's a star. He's not a superstar yet. We don't know if Cliff Kingsbury is a good coach yet. And Arizona definitely has some amazing pieces. Deandre Hopkins, Chandler Jones. I like Christian Kirk. Like they've got some personnel for sure, but they were eight and eight last season and they're in a, tough division very tough and i don't know that he is the piece that can put them over the edge as a contender like if he had gone to green bay or if he had gone to buffalo i'd be like man like that's an aggressive move that's probably going to pay off in the postseason i don't even know if the cardinals are going to make the postseason so that part of it to me is what's confusing now it's only a two-year deal and i think jj watt has a decent amount of football left to play in him. So this probably won't be his last deal. And maybe that deal where, you know, if the Cardinals don't win a Super Bowl in the next two years, which I think we're all assuming they won't. um, But who knows? I just don't think that they will. He's going to have the ability to get a, you know, one or two year deal somewhere else after that. And maybe that's the contract where he does go to a contender right now and try and win a ring. So maybe we were premature on that. He still obviously has the ability to make 15 million a year. Do it. um, Or 17 million, whatever it is. Do that. Um, 
So, you know, good for him. And, and listen, people want to live places where it's a little more comfortable now. And Arizona is one of those places. Taxes aren't crazy. You know, a lot of outdoor space. Um, Fun party town, Scottsdale. Not, not a terrible Scottsdale. party town, but I think, I don't think that that's why, you know, he's going there, but you know, it's, it, there are some upsides to it. And also he's leaving a very dysfunctional situation for a, a, a much yeah. easier situation. I, I, I don't know that I would certainly not describe Arizona as dysfunctional just because they're not Super Bowl contenders. Doesn't mean they're right. not a very functional, uh, good workplace. And as you know, all of us know, when you leave a very stressful, intense workplace, sometimes you're just like, bro, I just want to make money and do my job. And I'm not worried about, you know, you ain't worried about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not worried about being the number one show in television. I just want to go to work and like enjoy myself right. and, make, and make decent money. Uh, you know, maybe he's not worried about necessarily competing for a Super Bowl right now. Um, he just wants to go to a functional situation and live, you know, in the desert and make good money. So, you know, maybe we projected our desires for J.J. Watt onto him. And I don't think it's a bad move. I think it's a great move for the Cardinals. Um, and, and he's worth great. every penny. I mean, out of the last six of the last nine defensive player of the year awards have been won by JJ Water, Aaron Donald, who are in that same division. Ah! So, you know, it's a bad news, bad news for Russell Wilson. Oh, um, Jimmy G's never going to make it through a whole season now. Jesus. Yeah, no, it's, that's a, that's Jimmy G. That's a whole nother set of issues, but yeah, that's, that's how it goes. I'm sorry if you're hearing a bunch of noise. They're laying down carpet in the hallway of my apartment. I live in the loudest apartment apartment in America. <laughs> it's there's always something. It's like a Joy. it's it's wild. Joy, you don't you don't want to be here at 7:30 in the morning when the tr- when the garbage truck backs up the alley right next to my house to get the get the uh, get the garbage from their building. Um, Dude, I live in South Beach. And I thought that was the loudest apartment in, in America. I lived on seventh and Jefferson in South beach. And that was like living in, I mean, it was like it's living in South beach. Okay. Yeah. So imagine like how loud it is to live in South beach. It's just chaos. 24 seven house houses. constantly playing. Yeah. And this is the loudest place I've ever lived. It's crazy. Yeah. But we, we get it done and it'll be tough for quarterbacks to get it done in the NFC West this year. Cause like you said, Donald's in there and this, and this, you know, you could say whatever you want about J.J. Watt going to Arizona to party at Dirk Bentley Whiskey Row. I get it. Maybe he's doing that. Maybe he's not. But him and Chandler Jones together is so terrifying. I'm not even playing quarterback, and I'm scared of getting hit by them. But I have a little uh, – I'm, I'm branding my own segment within this segment. It's called Heller Asides. And my Heller Aside for this one, Joy, is there's got to be something about having brothers – that makes you a tough dude. I have a, a older half brother. He's like 15 years older. So we weren't really wrestling, fighting like that. It was the, the age difference was too much. But you look at the Watt brothers, there's three of them dudes. Those dudes are hella scary. They're real good at football. Uh, JJ almost went to go play with his brother, TJ. And then there's the other one. I don't remember his name, but uh, they're, they're not even that scary compared to the Jones brothers, Chandler, Arthur, and oh yeah, lightweight, heavy, heavyweight champ light heavyweight champion in the ufc john bones jones those dudes are so scary so that I, what do you think joy you got a, you got an older brother did it make you oh yeah there's and, there, and there's been lots of uh examples in the nfl of brothers 
Um, I mean, the Matthews brothers, like the Bosa's. Yeah, the Bosa's. There's there's lots of examples of tough brothers. No, there's definitely something to this. I think it's just also having close siblings. Like I fought all the time, constantly. <laughs> and I have a younger sister and a younger brother. And I guess like when I say that, people think that that's not normal. Because to me, I'm like, you didn't fight your siblings like to the death. And they're like, no, I did not. No, I'm fight. just, I, I just know, I, I, I didn't, I didn't have a close sibling, so I don't know. But I know you. And so because I know you, when I pictured, I flashed into the fighting and I just thought, Joy, stop yelling at me, please. I, you. I mean, not even yelling. Like we used to legitimately scrap, like fight. Like there's it's a, not, I, there's that's a, how there's we a settled com- things. There's a confidence that comes from that, I think. It probably sucks at the time. It's probably a chaotic lifestyle in the moment, but I think in the end, it makes you tougher. You know, it didn't, I, I don't regret it, but I also think when you, there is a value to knowing that if you say something at any moment, someone might choose violence. <laughs> I never had to worry about that <laughs> ever. And that's the reality. Yeah. All right. What else are we doing? It's a good life lesson though. Okay. Um, so on Monday uh, on the herd, y'all made a no- little news as you tend to do sometimes. You had NFL reporter Albert Greer on, and he said that uh, he has the sense that the Seahawks organization are, quote, getting getting a little sick of the drama that comes along with having Russell Wilson as their quarterback. Spicy. So now for me, to paraphrase Danger Russ himself, and I know you love this line more than anything, Seattle, we got ourselves a problem. <laughs> Go Hawks. Go Hawks. I'm going to see y'all in the morning. Um, hopefully Donnie played the Seattle. We got ourselves a deal right after that. So it all makes sense. Joy, the Seahawks are mishandling Russell Wilson. Wit it or quit it. Yeah, wit it. They definitely are. Um, yeah, I never understand weird. why organizations or corporations get to this point with talent. It's, it's the same story every time. And it's always wild to me. So I look at it like this. Because it's the same thing that's happening with Deshaun Watson to some level. And, and the Seahawks are nowhere near as dysfunctional. And I wouldn't even describe the Seahawks as dysfunctional, actually. I just think they're mishandling the situation. But this is, this is why it's being mishandled. Because this happens every time. It happens in all kinds of businesses. Entertainment business. It happens in sports. It happens in, uh, I'm sure it happens in tech. Um, it happens all the time. It, lawyers, all, all kinds of stuff where you're, you're young talents and you need your first opportunity. Let's Pain say, for dreams, example, yeah. let's use the NFL. This is, this is an example of this. And this is what we're talking about. Perfect. So you get drafted, right? So, yeah. you know, you're Russell Wilson or you're Deshaun Watson. You have, and Deshaun Watson was drafted, obviously much higher than Russell Wilson. Right. You have a responsibility as a young talent to work hard, develop, take advantage of the opportunity that was given to you. Even if you are a high draft pick or not, and you're not going to be paid the same as the proven guys are paid in the beginning. Thank you, Sam Bradford, for that. And <laughs> you prove yourself, right? You earn a long-term contract and you, you earn a contract to be paid, right? Yep. Because you have proven yourself. You have paid your dues to that team who took a chance on you, which, you know, you were drafted in the top 10 only knows. You had no choice but to go to them, but they took a chance. But you went to them, you know, you owe them your hard work. Right. But they picked you for a reason. They picked you because you're talented. And in this, in this scenario, if you are an NFL quarterback, like Deshaun Watson, like Russell Wilson, you are in the top 15. Okay. And I think for both of them, we would argue top 10. 
and some would even argue top five. But to keep everyone comfortable, let's say top 15, right? That's that means that there's 15 people walking Beyonce's planet Earth that can do what you do. 15. There's what? Over 3 billion people on this planet? At least. Okay. 15. 15. That's the size of some people's in immediate family. Okay. 15 yep. people can do what you do. Period. So when you arrive, when you get your contract, when you win that Super Bowl, you're Patrick Mahomes, you're Russell Wilson, or you're Deshaun Watson, you're performing at the highest level display ultimate dysfunction. Then the, the card flips. You've earned it. You've done yep. your work. You've put in your dues. You yep. paid back that team or that organization or that corporation for, for taking a risk on your particular talent. You've proven yourself. You've gotten your contract. Now the onus is on the organization and is on that corporation to provide a platform to you, the talent that maximizes your very short window to perform at the highest level and that is through good coaching, that is through personnel, that is spending money on free agents, that is spending money on scouting so you draft well, that is making sure that the, the organization is functioning at a high level, that you, that you take care of your assistants, that you have the highest level of um, sports rehab available and nutritionists. They now owe you the most highly functioning workplace possible. Mm -hmm. Because you are now not because of their help, because someone else would have taken a chance on you. Right. Right. Through your hard work, you repay them for their platform. Now they owe you the highest functioning type of platform because you are one of 15 people on the planet earth who can do what the you do. Earth. And when you are that level of talent, like Russell Wilson, like Deshaun Watson, and let's just talk about Russell Wilson because obviously the situation in Houston is a fucking cult. So in, <laughs> in Seattle, let's focus on that for a second. Russell Wilson doesn't owe the Seahawks anything. And if he is in a situation like he is, where he has a very short window to perform at the high level that he is, he is being sacked an average of 40 times a year on pace to be sacked more than any quarterback in the history of the NFL. That's a lot of sacks. Proven that he can carry this organization. Just listen to him, guys. <laughs> Can we just That's the real, hear him out? The real, the real crux of this issue that you're, that you're getting to is that Russell's ask is very small. Small. He wants an input on the offensive coordinator and the offensive scheme. Well, that's, that's what he does. It's not a decision. So, 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 that's right. not uh, the ruling power. It's just input. It's just let me talk sometimes, listen, write my stuff down, maybe incorporate it. And I know what I need to be comfortable and to function at the highest level that I can. I'm not signing the checks. I'm not scouting, but I like this guy. I think he would work. You don't even have to do what he says when it comes to the personnel. Just, Just smile. Listen to make him. It in. Just make him feel welcome. Just make <laughs> him feel heard. And guess what? He doesn't have to be Vince Lombardi to figure out that he needs a better offensive line he does not do you have you noticed seattle that he needs a better offensive line he I does think they, i think they know that he does and they just think that they can continue to get away with not having one and he is a global thinker he wants to be involved in the organization this is a blessing 
It's a blessing. The Don't alternative is Sean, and he's out. Right. So, so this idea that like one person needs to hold all the power and he's just a player. So he just needs to show up and play. It's stupid. And we are in a new age. Guys make millions away from the court. <laughs> okay. Often sometimes more than their own contracts. Okay. Millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. They're, they're set for their family just based off of endorsements. Their social media reach is much larger than you as a team. If you are a superstar. Mm. And their influence is much more powerful. There's mm. very few organizations in sports that have more power than the individual when it comes to that anymore. Mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys come to mind, the Los Angeles Lakers. And certainly right now, LeBron James is bigger than the Los Angeles Lakers as a, as a brand, right? Correct. In this yep. current moment, in this yep. current moment. So if you don't want to recognize that that's the reality and you want to fight that, you will, you will lose. And that's what's happening in Houston. I don't think it's quite there with Seattle. Right. Cause but it's, yeah, it's trending in that. that direction. Houston yep. is actually dysfunctional. Seattle's just not listening, but this is right. a bigger macro subject that these guys have earned their platform. They've paid you back for your, your opportunity. And now you owe them to maximize their career and their legacy. And I don't have any sympathy for any organization or corporation that squanders talent. There are 15, and I'm being generous because I really feel like there's like eight, but for the sake of argument, 15, five, five, five right. men on this planet that can do that job to the level that they can do it. If you can't in your mind, okay, get your chakras aligned, figure out what you need to do. But if you cannot in your mind process the levity of that opportunity and situation, I can't help you. Just listen to the guy. He's not asking yep. for much. He's not asking for your firstborn, okay? He's asking He's- to be heard in a meeting. And if I was Russell Wilson, I'd be pissed too. And if I was Sean Watson, I'd say kiss my ass, I'm out also. Because I have a very short window to perform at this level and you're squandering it with your ego. Oh, can you imagine the audacity, the audacity to squander my God-given talent that yep. I have cultured, that I have showed up to the gym every day working on, that right. I have hired outside trainers, that I have hired brand managers, that I have worked on every single day of my life to get to this point. And now you're going to f*** it up because of your ego? No, not today. Absolutely not. You had, you, you had the guy who's known you have the guy who's known for saying go Hawks, which is your team at the end of every interview, you've got that person annoyed. It's he's not, he's not even asking for what he's due. He's asking for some common courtesy, some respects that you and I would be more than willing to pay, pay to each other as friends and coworkers, regardless of positions and what level he's on. I think what's uh, when you were talking about Houston in the last segment, it dawned on me that, J.J. Watt is moving from a program that's either stuck or going backwards in time to a younger program. You got Cliff in there. They turned over quickly, got Kyler, got rid of Josh Rosen. They're they're on the move. And what's really crazy to me is that historically, even though Pete is an older coach in terms of years, Pete is the vitality guy. Pete is the players guy. Pete's the younger uh, vibed person than whatever the Texans are doing or any of that stuff. And so the idea that he was once that, and now we're, we're saying, no, Russ, sorry, don't, don't care. Don't, don't care what you think is mind blowing to me. And like 
quarterbacks, you're talking about 15 dudes in the world, definitely can't waste that. But there's a world where Seattle didn't maximize Marshawn Lynch either and, and, and pushed him towards an early retirement and sent him to Oakland to hyphy dance on the sideline for no points. So like, this is just really tough. I, uh, one of my first jobs in TV was covering USC and uh, I got to see Pete Carroll sort of as things, things winded down there at SC, but I've always been super impressed with this man, his energy, his enthusiasm, his ability to relate to people. Where is that? What happened to that? And, and how did, how did we get to this point? Well, it's the same way that it always happens. You, we were talking about uh, some heavier subjects before we started recording and you said absolute power corrupts absolutely. Facts. When you make all the decisions, we see this all the time. I mean, how long have I been talking about how much I can't stand the situation with the Houston Texans and Bill O'Brien? Far before this all became a thing, I was point. on here on this podcast preaching about how much I hate that setup that he is a gm and he's making all the decisions you don't need to be in control of everything let's go let it go you don't have to control everything you can have people do their jobs you can delegate we can all win together we can collaborate i don't think that Pete carroll is a bad coach or a bad guy i think what happens is you start making all the decisions you stop listening to other people and then things fall apart roots okay this is how it happens you have to be able to evolve and all that rah-rah stuff is great but at the end of the day keep up with the times right talents are the product the talents are the ones that bring people to the stadium no one's buying pete carroll jerseys no one's buying the owner's jersey no one other than dallas cowboy fans has ever pulled up to a stadium like i really hope i see the owner today no one cares it's about the product on the field they're the ones that perform treat them as such and if you don't like it you shouldn't be in the talent business that's how it works they're superstars for a reason, treat them as such. And guess what? They're actually providing an incredible service to you that yep. you are rewarding them with, which is possibly a Super Bowl, which you cannot buy no matter how hard you try. And the biggest point, particularly hmm. this year, that validates all of this is Tom Brady. As usual, the GOAT setting the standard. He was what? Unappreciated in New England, undervalued by Bill Belichick, almost pushed out the door for Jimmy G who can't stay on his own two legs. Right. Okay. And he leaves. I mean, Giselle is on Tom Burst time talking about, he just wants to come to work and be appreciated. Can you imagine? Okay. Can <laughs> you imagine that the man who is the, the exemplary example of the Patriot way comes to work and doesn't feel appreciated. Couldn't be me. Couldn't be me. And it couldn't be Tom either. That's why he left. Yep. Went to Tampa Bay. We all thought it, Tampa Bay was not even on the list. He yep. goes to Tampa Bay that hasn't won a Super Bowl, missed the playoffs last year, takes right. him from a, a team that, that won seven games last year to winning a Super Bowl as a wild card team in his tw- what year? 21st season. Year? 21st yep. season. 21st yep. season at the age of 43. And he had major input on everything that happened. He and, brought in players. And they and all scored. All of his suggestions worked out. Leonard Fournette, touchdown Super Bowl. Gronkowski, two touchdown Super Bowl. Antonio Brown, touchdown Super Bowl. What is the problem? If it's Russ almost whips, if, it's almost if he does this for a living, right? It's and almost it, if he does this for a living. It's crazy that you doing a job and being an expert at it might actually know what would help you do that. That's a crazy thought. And the like, let let Russ bring in one of these people and it screw up. 
that's even better for you if you want to be in control because you gave him you gave him the rope it didn't work out and then you take the rope back it's so it's so simple but it all comes down to ego and i'm just you know there's a lot of decisions that are made at very high levels based off of ego and it's getting a little exhausting and it's like the more that the world expands and the more that you know there's opportunity and outlets and platforms the more people want to hold on to things and you know what happens people recognize their talent and worth and they're making enough money away from you that they don't care keep that little change keep that little change yeah someone else wants my problem someone else wants these problems and like you know Albert Breer said that uh you know the Seahawks seem to be getting a little tired of the drama well I think they'll enjoy not having a quarterback <laughs> yeah. and yeah, they can, they can see what, whether they'd rather have dra- and the, uh, drama, by the way, they created by not listening to Russ. Right. So I, I'm, want, I'm off want, the whole situation. Want, you want to deal with a little drama or do you want to win? Like what? I, I'm, I'm team Russ, team Deshaun. I'm all on the player side on this. They don't owe them anything. And, and, and one final thing, cause I know yep. I'm, I'm like on a, a soapbox today, but one final thing, Whatever, uh, because true. everyone keeps talking about this contracts, like you, know, they, they, you sign oh, a contract, yeah. you sign a contract, great. he owes something because of a contract. Honestly, I can't really take you seriously. If you talk like that, like as, as someone in business, if you think that because you sign a contract that you are, you are signing something that like cannot be changed you haven't really made like a solid business deal in your life you don't even have an apartment (laughs) it's it's not a blood oath guys it's a contract (laughs) they're broken all the time in every business for multitudes of reasons that they're mutually broken okay how can it be a contract if you can mutually break it because it's just an agreement it's just an agreement. They're broken through uh, court systems. They're, they're broken through lawsuits. They're broken through mutual agreements. You, you sign a lease and then your 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 job moves you across the, the, the country. You, what, you manage what to you get do? out of it somehow. You manage to get out of the lease. Like they, they, they open it up and they rent it. Like the, the, nothing, that you are not signing your soul over to the devil, okay? It's a contract. They're broken for all sorts of reasons. Corporations find their way out of contracts all the time all the time billion dollar contracts are breached and broken and then they come together and through mediation and figure it out so stop talking about this 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 contract oh he signed a contract as if he's like signed his soul away it's it's actually not that deep they're not that hard to get out of that's why there's lawyers that get paid all kinds of money to find ways out of contracts all the time so just stop like yeah they signed a contract. Right. Okay. Right. Right. Watch this. Watch this dude retire. <laughs> Wait a year and come back. Oh, he's out of the contract. <laughs> money back. Like there are things right. that you owe. You can't yep. just do whatever you want when you're in a contract. Of course. Got but options, this idea though. that there are, there's no options once there's pen to paper is, is come on. Like what, what, what have you done? But that's how you think <laughs> yep. that these things work. They don't work. Teams get out of contracts all the time. Teams cut play all the time there's no loyalty whatsoever corporations do the same thing so this idea that you're supposed to bend over backwards because you made a commitment people get out of divorces people people leave whole yeah. families they divorce their parents like just stop 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 it's for sure you can you can yeah you're, you can change your own name i think you can get out of a contract get out of anything. Um, right uh before we so obviously we'd both be cool with russ and or deshaun saying deuces to their respective teams but before we say deuces on win it or quit it, I have another heller aside. 
I mentioned your radio slash television program, The Herd, earlier. But this week, you're going to be on Speak for Yourself Thursday and Friday. Joy, 3 p.m. Eastern time. What's up? I'm very excited. Yes. Uh, excited too. 3 p.m. Eastern. Our noon friends Pacific. Marcellus Wiley and Emmanuel Acho are taking their uh, like spring break, I guess. Like <laughs> spring break. Their, their winter break. Their winter yeah. break, I guess this is. Um, I was off a few weeks ago uh, along with Colin and Undisputed was off last week. Skip yep. Shannon. Um, and now they're off. So I'll be filling in with LeVar Arrington, Rick Buecher, and Chris Broussard on Thursday yeah. and Friday. Maybe a little Greg James at yeah. three Eastern noon Pacific on speak for yourself. So make sure you check that out. Heller is uh, the great producer of that show. So we'll be working together uh, in person again, which we yep. haven't done for a year. Wow. That's right. I mean, we're still going to prep on the phone, but well, yeah, we'll, I'll see you though at the yeah. office, which will be cool. <laughs> be cool. Yep. Um, yeah. I'm excited. Ooh. So check Can't that wait. out guys. This is what it sounds like when worlds collide y'all. <laughs> What's up, Donnie? What's going on in high-key, low-key? What's up? All right, high-key, in this off-season of quarterback movement, any team with a hint of a question mark at the position is looking to get in on that action. Low-key, the Jets, with their struggling 23-year-old quarterback, brand-new head coach, and a bunch of draft picks, it looked like that kid that's taking forever to hop in on the jump rope game. Joy, the Jets need to jump on the double-dutch bus and trade Sam Darnold, even if the trade doesn't involve Deshaun Watson. I was about to say, is that double dutch? Yeah, right. I was terrible at double dutch. I was too. I could last uh, probably about three jumps maximum and then yeah. get caught at the angle. I feel like you always felt good when you got in and you got like a couple ones going and yeah. then you start to get cocky and be like, what? Exactly. Start feeling yourself and then you start feeling the jump rope against the calves. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yes, they... Uh, all right, now I missed the, 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 uh, the high-key low-key. No, <laughs> the joy. Jets need to trade Sam Darnold. Yes, <laughs> yeah. uh, even if it doesn't involve Deshaun Watson. Yes, they do They do need to trade Sam Darnold. And, uh, and here's why. It's not about really about Sam Darnold because I think Sam Darnold has a lot of potential and talent. And I think Adam Gase kind of ruined him. And mm -hmm. I think he'll be able to bounce back, but he's not a rookie anymore. So if you have him for another year, then you yeah. got to start making decisions about if you're going to extend him or not. So you're running the risk that you do run it back with him and he's not great. Mm -hmm. And then you just blew the second overall pick, which could have been a quarterback. Now they'll probably get a great player with that second overall pick, but will that player be a quarterback if they keep Sam Darnold? No. So I think it's time for the jets to move on. I think they could get, I mean, obviously they don't need any more picks. I mean, you can always use more picks, but like, yeah, it doesn't hurt. They're, they're not hurting for picks. They're exactly. not hurting for picks and they have plenty of cap space. True. So they could make a trade with someone like the 49ers, for example, or the Bears or yep. Washington, all mm -hmm. teams that are either very much in the quarterback conversation or like Washington and the Bears who don't have a quarterback. Don't talk to me about Nick Foles. So <laughs> yes, I think um, I think they should I think they should make a move for Sam and, and move on from Sam Darnold. And that's no disrespect to Sam Darwin. I think he's going to have success if he goes somewhere else. But I just think that the, now the contract situation is going to change things in the next two years. And they have the second overall pick in the draft. And there is enough quarterback talent in this draft. I don't know about next year yeah. to, uh, to move on and get somebody who you can build for build with for your future. Yeah. You got so many options. If you end up taking a quarterback and trading uh, Darnold for more picks, your options are like expanded if you end up doing that. So yeah. more options, the better. Thank you.
All right, high-key rookie of the year favorite LaMelo Ball is on pace to being only the fifth rookie in league history to average at least 15 points, six rebounds, and six assists per game. And he's quickly gained the respect of his elders. There was that double mellow jersey swap, which is pretty cool to see. Low-key, while LaMelo's early success has caught a lot of people off guard, Joy, I got to give you credit. You've been calling this not for months, but literally for years. So for all years. praises to Joy. Yeah. <laughs> for years, I have been telling you about LaMelo Ball. Yep. I have been on this for a very long time, that he was going to be the best of the Ball brothers, that he wasn't Lonzo. He's more aggressive. He's taller. He's stronger. He's more talented. He's more dynamic. He's more swaggy. All things I've already said. Why yeah. do I need to continue saying them? Um, look, when I'm wrong, I just kind of ignore it. And when I'm right, I brag. That's what I do. I'm a blowhard. <laughs> it's the American um, way. <laughs> it's the American way. <laughs> um, but he also, he averaged, as you said, 20 points, six rebounds, 6.7 assists in the month of February. He's only the third teenager to play at least 10 games in the calendar month and average at least 26 and six per game in that stretch. LeBron and Luca are the only other two to do it. Lamelo has arrived. Like he's yeah. he has he has lived up to the hype, and you know he deserves the credit for what he is doing. And I I think that people are finally understanding what the value of Lamelo is to the league and to the Hornets. And I'm so glad he ended up with the Goats franchise, and he's just only going to keep developing. They didn't put him out there right away, so they made him earn it. Yeah, and I think it's great, and I and I love being right about this. There's only going to be one mellow. Sorry. That's our, that's our Anthony. Can't, you can't pass it on. We're not passing it on just yet. You I get not, now. I have Gen Z. You can't have everything Gen Z. Okay. You can't have everything. We're, it's the reboot. We're, yeah. We're the, we're the boomers now and you're not allowed to have yeah. mellow. Right. Um, we got a little more time for that, but um, eventually maybe we'll get to it, but just not yet. So, yeah. um, but I'm, I'm, I love it. I think it's, I'm not surprised like this. If you, yeah. And listen, when you're right, you get to say that. And when you're wrong, you don't, but I'm right. So I'm going to say that I'm not surprised. Yeah. As you mentioned, I've been saying it not only in this podcast, but on television for years that yeah. LaMelo was going to come into the league and contribute. I, I'm, I guess I could say I'm surprised he's been this great this fast, but like, not really. He, he had, the, it's not surprising to me that Luca is the other teenager to have that that stat line because Luca played overseas everyone yeah. was clowning LeVar and talking about we're well, Lithuania in Australia how's that helping he needs to be in college at Duke with coach K there's multiple ways to do things yeah playing for coach Very K true. and I'm not attacking coach K right now but like playing for you know one of these big schools is great and that can be beneficial that's what that's how we have Zion but you can also go overseas or be overseas and play against grown men in those leagues and be out of sight, out of mind for the States, not for, for basketball fans, but for, you know, mainstream NBA American fans and develop yeah. that way. And, and that's what Luca did. Like Luca exactly. is not from here and that's how he came into the league. And, and, and Luca was praised for that. Like, oh, well, you know, Luca has been playing against grown man since he was a teenager. So is LaMelo. So same is LaMelo. Yep. Same yep. thing. I so like I think, I think it's great. I feel like a lot of it has to do with people either like subconsciously or consciously rooting to uh, be able to stick it to LeVar. And I think like that played a big factor in people's expectations. They were kind of expecting LaMelo to be a bust or to like not meet expectations just so they could be like, ha ha, LeVar was wrong, but that's not the case. Yeah, I, I get that. And, um, you know, I don't, 
I consider LeVar friends and I don't, I don't root against anybody who's just, you know, trying to make it and make their own way and do something uh, against the mainstream. Um, so I, again, I love it for that matter too. Uh, exactly. Lamelo is here to stay and you just gotta just deal with it. Just deal with yeah. it. LeVar was right. Speak some right. blessings over my life, please, LeVar. Yeah, yeah. Spread some this way. We could use it. It'd be awesome. <laughs> All right. Hi, Key. Future Hall of Famer and current hostage taker Ben Roethlisberger has hogtied the Steelers by deciding to return for his 18th season. Low-key, with Pittsburgh stuck in neutral, the rest of the AFC North look like they just might be passing up your team, Joy. How's that feel? They are. They are. It doesn't feel great. It's shitty. Yeah. I, you know, they came out, the Roonies came out this, this week, and um, but look, I have a lot of respect for the Roonies. They're great ownership, and they're very loyal to a and, fault, some might say. Yeah, and they they run the organization well, the best actually, until the Patriots won their last Super Bowl. The Steelers mm -hmm. had the most Lombardies of any team in the league. Now they're tied. So they deserve a lot of credit, but you have to know when to let something go. And the problem with Ben is that contract. So obviously they're going to try and restructure the contract. Yeah. They don't want to eat that money. But my issue is not just that they are – I'm going to run it back with Ben Roethlisberger another year, but that they just refuse. They refuse to look to the future. Like what is the plan trade for Sam Darnold, try and figure out a way to get, you know, a, a higher draft pick, like make some aggressive moves and get the next guy in here. Ben doesn't have two or three more years. And what oh. upset me this week is the Steelers are out here talking about, um, oh, well, you know, we had the longest win streak in franchise history last year and we won the division. <laughs> yeah but did you see that last care? game why do i care about winning the division <laughs> what was this? what's the, when did that become the standard what are we what are we washington now like what Ooh. what is this who cares yeah. about winning a division it's nonsense you should win the division you're the one of the best teams in nfl history the best organizations in nfl history you should win the division every year like yeah. what do you why is that why is that like a big deal so what you got whooped on by cleveland's Yep. in the playoffs in one of the most embarrassing playoff games I've ever seen in my entire life. I don't care about winning the division. You have Lamar Jackson, you have Baker Mayfield, seven, Kevin Stefanski, a ton of weapons and a great defense in Cleveland now. And Joe Burrow is going to be back. So Literally be aggressive. Ben Roethlisberger is not the future of this organization. I don't care yeah. about all the sentiments and all that stuff. Like, that's great. You've been very loyal to Ben Roethlisberger. He's been compensated well. He contributed many great things to the organization, including two Super Bowls. Wonderful. There is a time when this all ends, and that time is now. And maybe we run it back with him one more year. I would be okay with that if they had some plan for the future, but I don't see what the plan is. And that's what's scary. It's not running it back with Ben Roethlisberger another year. I assumed they were going to do that. But if you're yeah. just going to let that be the answer and then you have no plans for the future, you have no backup, you have nobody who is in waiting to take over the organization, then you deserve whatever plight you co that comes to you for the next 10 years. I'm not having it. <laughs> not accept this. Unacceptable. We are not the Detroit Lions. No, I'm joking, Johnny. <laughs> we would love a, a division championship. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Hey T, what's going on in the culture report this week? 
Hey Joy, so Oprah is doing a special with Prince Harry, Meghan Markle. Um, it premieres this Sunday, March 7th. Can't wait. I'm going to be tuning in. Love Oprah and I love these two. And it's like, yes, they decide to live private lives. People are like, well, then why are they going to be on TV? Because we care. I'm curious to know how things have been while, uh, and like knowing what they're working on. I definitely want some insight. I feel like that now that time has passed, maybe they'll kind of get let us know, like, you know, what they experienced as they were walking away from their royal duties. I mean, obviously we could assume, but I want to hear it directly from them. So I'm going to be tuning in. I'm super excited about it because I am team Harry and Megan. I don't get excited for tea very often, but this is a royal tea tea. And um, I love Meghan Markle. I am an OG Meghan Markle fan though, because I loved her on Suits. Mm -hmm. so and I like legitimately watched that show uh I didn't find out that she was on suits when she started dating Harry <laughs> so I am so excited for this first of all they're never going to be private they're never going to be private figures it's not available to either one of them they're not just going to be able to just sulk off into the woods and raise their child off of the earth okay so and then no nor are they trying to do that like they're going to be producing content they're going to be out here doing what what megan does best and what harry wants to do they just don't want to do it under the thumb of these royalty uh royal demands of the palace and you, the tabloids these british tabloids act right Act right, treat people with some respect and some dignity and maybe they won't leave and, and denounce the throne. Like, it's not their fault. And I just, I can't wait. I can't wait to find, cause I know Auntie O is gonna get the tea and I cannot wait for them to just tell us what's going on. Tell us why they really left. Tell us how they were treated. And you know, Harry is a man. He wants to protect his family and his child. As he so, should. I am. I am looking forward to that. I am too. Can't yes. Wait. Excited, excited. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the Golden Globes is on Sunday. Um, and you know, Joe, I like it virtually. Um, I was nice seeing everyone with like their families and comfort of their homes. Love that. Regina King and Cynthia Erivo. I have to mention them because they look so beautiful. Cynthia Erivo had this um, this lime green dress that just, oh my gosh, it was so beautiful. I never loved green so much as I saw it on her. Um, the Crown won about four awards. And I've never watched The Crown. I'm not sure if you have, but I keep hearing great things. And I'm like, now I need to give it a shot because everyone's been talking about it. Um, I, I'm so far behind everyone I know that watches the crown absolutely loves it but I have like seven movies that you're probably about to mention <laughs> that I haven't gotten a chance to watch yet and I'm like I'm so behind on content guys I gotta watch NBA games okay like it, the bachelor which we're about to talking about in a second so I, I gotta I don't have there's only so much time in the day now snow falls back yes <laughs> such a good show by the way oh my god so I love good snowfall. I love snowfall yeah, that's a good one. Um, I do have to mention Andre Day. Um, she won uh, an award. She, she's actually the second Black woman to win a Global Goal for Best Drama, Best Actress in a Drama. And that was her acting debut. So like that's so that, like that's amazing. I'm so happy for her. I've, I've met her. I used to go to the same church as her. And she is so warm and so nice. I, I love her. I love her energy. Um, obviously, Chadwick, Bo Chadwick Boseman won Best Performance by um, by an actor in a motion picture. His wife had gave a speech, and it was just heartbreaking just hearing her 
cry as she was talking about, um, you know, what he would have said and who he would have thanked. I was just like, man, talk about strength. This woman has, she gets all the flowers because I'm like, I couldn't even have done that. Um, and he was just such an incredible actor. Um, so, I mean, I'm not surprised that he won. Daniel Kaluuya won Best Performance uh, for Judas and the Black Messiah. He nailed Fred Hampton. I'm super excited about um, him winning because I love the movie. And then um, obviously Soul won Best Animated Motion Pictures. Happy about that. And then um, that was amazing. I saw it about five times. But Chloe, I can't, I don't, I hope I don't butcher her last name, but it's, I think it's Chloe uh, Zhao. Uh, one best director for motion picture. She's the second woman and first Asian woman to win for Nomadland. So kudos to her. Um, there was a lot of great winners. And uh, I actually thought the Golden Globes was actually all right this year compared to, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I the Golden Globes are always a fun award show and they're like, you know, kind of the award show everyone gets like a little loose. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought it was great. I don't mind the at-home stuff, like as far as sitting, being able to like sit through it. Um, obviously we're, you know, trying to figure everything out and they kind of was like half at home, half in, you know, the, the banquet halls. I thought Tiffany Haddish looked unbelievable. I mean, she looked stunning. So yeah, I, I, I enjoy the globes this year and uh, I look forward to when everybody can get back. Hopefully, you know, within this time next year, we're having a different conversation about all that, but I thought the, I thought the award show was great. Yeah, it definitely was. Okay. So. Uh, Emmanuel Acho uh, is hosting The Bachelor after the Rose, uh, replacing Chris Harrison. And, you know, I actually think this is an amazing choice. I feel like this show needs change. We, we all know that we can all agree to that. Um, they have been hit hard with the lack of diversity. Um, but I'm sure this choice was well thought out. And Acho is like smart. He has great insight. He's likable. And he uh, has this like warmness to him. I think he can like lead conversations in a positive way. And as someone who doesn't watch The Bachelor, I, I would totally be open to watching him um, interview uh, Matt, Matt James. So yeah, this was the perfect choice for this after the rose ceremony. And if you, if you fall, if you watch the bachelor, so you know all the tea that's going on, but if you don't basically one of the final contestants, Rachel was exposed by one of her old classmates for allegedly, you know, saying that making fun of other people for dating black men in the past and pictures of her with her sorority surfaced from an antebellum plantation party. So given the bachelor's history and the fact that this is the first black bachelor and she is one of the final three contestants and the only white one left on the show only the the only white woman left on the show uh this is a compounding problem for the show so yes it's time to have some uncomfortable conversations which is why they brought in emmanuel acho to do that and i have full confidence that he'll be able to lead the conversation and look we don't know what has happened like if he ends up picking Rachel, the girl who's involved in this or not. And obviously Chris Harrison went on with Rachel Lindsay, who was the first black bachelorette and had a conversation. And he out of ways defended her and basically said like, you know, in 2018, we didn't know this was offensive. No, you didn't know. know, No, you didn't know. You didn't know. You didn't know. Okay. And that doesn't mean that the reaction that is everyone is experiencing today 
because you didn't know doesn't mean that it wasn't offensive and wrong. And we, you know, there's a lot of talks. I don't want to go into my cancel culture uh, rants again because we did it two weeks ago. But there's consequences to every action. And what people are getting confused with this situation is it's not about trying to remove people from planet Earth. It's about consequences. It's about taking responsibility for your actions when you harm other people. And maybe you're getting exhausted with it. We'll use people, people should stop doing things to hurt other people. And then we won't have to talk about this so much. Maybe you have a little respect for others and we won't have to talk about this so much. I don't want to do the rant, but this is why, <laughs> this is why Emmanuel Acho is leading this conversation and I am a viewer. You know, I might start doing some of this and it's, you know, they don't want all that, that they don't want all that. Um, but I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens. Well, the rest of the show, obviously, because um, we have to see who he ends up giving the final rose to. And then, you know, we will be able to see the, the after the rose um, ceremony. But yeah, girl, you picked a, you picked a season to sit out on because. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard about the tea and um mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm actually surprised I didn't find the photos before as like thorough as like they are. I, I understand how this process works with when you when you get people on TV. So I'm surprised I didn't find out before, but I'm actually glad that it happened. I think it just really sparks these, these types of conversations on things. And maybe maybe I, I'm curious to know what she learned from this and what, what her take is on it. Yeah, I'm sure that they're going to have her on there and, you know, yeah. that Emmanuel's going to ask those questions. Because, you know, to your point, like people want to know what her reaction has been and what she's done since then, since this has all come out. But it's uh, it's going to get spicy. And this is a good lesson for that show and other shows that you need to be inclusive on every level. It's not about just being diverse for the sake of being diverse. So, you know, what same lesson over and over again, but one of these days I'll get it. <laughs> One day. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us this week on the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast. Make sure you subscribe and share. Follow us on social media at Maybe I'm Crazy Pod. Myself at Joy Taylor Talks. And you can listen to the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartMedia app, and Apple Podcasts. Stay safe and we'll catch you next week. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm not. Ooh.